blunt. Do you like to be blunt? Absolutely. We don't sugarcoat shit. Listen, Listen Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 noon Pacific Standard Time. You'll hear things you've never heard before. Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome to Connecting the Dots. I'm Errol Isby, right here on Renegade Talk Radio. It is the 31st of October, 2017. Happy Halloween. Happy Hallow's Eve. However you look at it. But you know... Things are accelerating really fast. Just in this past month alone, it is really hard to keep up, I tell ya. Some of it has vast implications on so many levels, and other parts of it is purely distraction. Keeping us busy, looking in all the wrong directions. Careful what you tune into, my friends. The political circus is one such distraction, and I waste very little of my precious time involving myself in the merry-go-round in D.C. The corruption is so rampant and so deep that you could randomly select any elected or appointed official, lobbyist, attorney, anywhere. Just select one randomly. Investigate them and you'd find some financial, financial, ethical, or such other criminal behavior that they are guilty of right on up to treason. That's just a given. So, the parade of names and faces being indicted or charged these days to me is the slow, laborious process we get to see in the public venue. We do see some progress going on, but are they actually going to prosecute these people and effectuate real change? That's the big question. We can only hope that they're not going to just put a band-aid on cancer, so to speak. But it is a very intense time right now, and it's very difficult to know how it will all play out. The stakes are extremely high because these systems of power and control are not sustainable. They are disintegrating, and we can all see it, plain as day. The very fabric of society is crumbling, and whether it's here in the U.S. or just about anywhere in the Western and Western-controlled world, there's a lot of denial of responsibility by those in the power seats. So much of the reality is hidden behind the scenes, and what is being disclosed to the public is only what they want you to hear and see. The really important stuff they don't even address in the public venue. The number one issue that has led to the corruption in the halls of power around the world is the ubiquitous, ever-present secrecy. I can't recall the number of documents that are declared top secret here in the U.S. throughout all the departments of purported government, but the numbers of top secret documents is really, really high. And this is being done by people who are supposed to be working in the public sector with a responsibility to disclose to us what they are doing as our employees. They work for us, and yet they can't tell us what they're doing. And that's throughout the entire governmental system. The truth is, our governments are not true governments. I've said this before. They have incorporated, mostly owned by international interests, and these owners seek profit, among other things. Plain and simple, to be a legitimate government, you must be unincorporated 
and not work solely for self-interested people and profits. But if you do profit as an unincorporated government through investments or selling assets for some beneficial reason, those profits go back to the benefit of the country and its people. But that's not what's happening, is it? That's the nature of the problem. And because of that, we are not being told the truth of what is really going on. We, as taxpayers, the ones, you know, who foot the bill, and I'm speaking of people all over the world, not just in the United States, we are paying for absolutely everything but denied access to what is rightfully ours. For example, what technologies have they developed in secrecy on our dime that is being suppressed from us? The facts and evidence are plentiful that we do have technologies that could change everything for the better and take us evolutionary jumps forward in a positive way. I mean, all you have to do is read a book by Richard Dolan or watch one of his many interviews to know what's true. Look him up, Richard Dolan, if you're not familiar. D-O-L-A-N. But they have been held back from us by private corporate interests across the military-industrial security complex who work at security levels far above any sitting president or the vast majority of elected or appointed officials, even top military brass, whose job it is to protect our countries and our people. Most of them, unless specifically selected, are not on a need-to-do basis. If they inquire, they are denied access. Another problem is no accountability in government. You've all noticed that, haven't you? I mean, the fact that the Department of Defense and the Pentagon can't seem to account for trillions and trillions of dollars with a T, which they admit has just disappeared, don't know where it went, (laughs) is a telltale sign that major taxpayer money is being funneled out of the public system to maintain infrastructure and mandated services that we'd be pay taxes to have provided to us? No! It's not important to consistently provide services to the people who have paid for them. No! Don't be ridiculous! Where's it going? That's a very good question, isn't it? You know, of the many disclosures coming out these days, as you probably know, The partial release of the JFK assassination documents came out the other day. As someone who has looked into that tragedy, you know, I've read books and watched documentaries about it most of my life. And I want to say that what was disclosed the other day wasn't groundbreaking to me at all. They seemed rather cherry-picked, if you know what I mean. But there was one very interesting document that I'll go into here that I've seen so far, and it's a letter that JFK had written on November 12th, 1963, just 10 days before his assassination. It was addressed to the director of the CIA, although the actual name (laughs) was redacted, of course. (laughs) Now, in looking up who was director, I found the name John Alex McCone, who was appointed by Kennedy after he'd fired Alan Dulles after the Bay of Pigs fiasco, but it may have been addressed to James Jesus Angleton, who was the director of CIA counterintelligence. We can't be sure. Why do I mention this? James Angleton has been identified 
very much as a player in the deep state. And I'm going to relate that to you right after this break. This is Everly Isby connecting the dots. I'll be right back. Looking for a verbal hand job? Yes, 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 yes. Release your frustrations and listen to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome back to Connecting the Dots with Everly Isby. And we're talking about the uh, one of the documents released in the JFK assassination uh, uh, release. I just said that twice. But anyway, in this letter that Kennedy wrote to the director of the CIA, Kennedy stated that he wanted to develop a joint lunar and space exploration program with the Soviet Union. Listen carefully. I'm quoting here. Quote, It would be a very... It would be very helpful if you would have the high threat cases reviewed with the purpose of identification of bona fide as opposed to classified CIA and U.S. Air Force sources. It is important that we make a clear distinction between the knowns and unknowns in the event that the Soviets try to mistake our extended cooperation as a cover for intelligence gathering of their defense and space programs. I would like you to arrange a program of data sharing with NASA, where unknowns are a factor. Unquote. On the same day, JFK sent a separate memo to NASA asking for cooperation with the Soviet Union on mutual outer space activities. Let that sink in. It is understood JFK was concerned about the high amount of UFO sightings over Russia and feared the Soviets would wrongly believe it was U.S. spying equipment. Think about that. What that reveals is that both the U.S. and the Soviet Union were developing technologies from off-world craft independently of each other, and Kennedy, in his desire to have joint programs of space exploration and extension of peace, in other words, but didn't want the Soviets to mistake a UFO in their skies as one of the U.S.'s crafts. That's a verification that by 1963, at least, the deep state had developed what is often called anti-gravity technologies, among other technologies. We, on the other hand, are still driving around in internal combustion engine automobiles from technology released well over a hundred years ago. And since before 1963, the deep state had developed these and many other technologies and suppressed it from the world. But also, right there... Kennedy was a very direct threat to the above top security deep state and their deep space program, which was their deepest, darkest secret, along with the prevalent alien presence that they were dealing with and the development of advanced technologies through back engineering of alien craft. You know, there are so many potential reasons behind why Kennedy was assassinated, and perhaps this letter, 10 days before he was assassinated, was the straw that broke the camel's back because Kennedy was a threat to the military-industrial security complex, the deep state, on many levels. The man just would not follow the appropriate script. Without even needing all of the details, it is ob absolutely obvious that he was taken out 
by the deep state. It goes without saying. Who cares who all the players were or who shot the rifles? It doesn't matter. Behind it was the deep state, period. So when did the deep state actually begin? It was all jump-started, I should say, although I, I, I have to say that the deep state has been around long before this, but this aspect flew into high gear in President Truman's administration after World War II when he formed the CIA. He himself quickly realized during his term as president that the CIA was stepping out of the limits of its mandate and uh, was becoming a dangerous threat. He couldn't rein them in, however. And then Eisenhower took office in the presidency uh, in the 1950s, a former four-star general from World War II, therefore a guy who knew how the world turned, so to speak. And in his term as president, he was so unsettled about what was happening in the deep state that he gave a very clear warning to the country in his farewell address as he was leaving office. And in small part, I quote, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. Then... Kennedy took office and inherited the CIA-planned Bay of Pigs invasion of Cuba, the deep state plan which would invariably lead to World War III with the Soviet Union. After he refused to play ball because he saw the inherent folly of it going, going, in going along with it, he fired the head of the CIA, Alan Dulles. He, in the course of his shortened one term in office, also fired some of the Joint Chiefs as he became fully aware of what Eisenhower had warned. You know, in my opinion, Kennedy was the last president who was truly working for this country with a broad spectrum of the world being in his focus and an honest desire to promote peace and prosperity for all, no matter his personal shortcomings that so many take issue with. <laughs> Throw that out, doesn't matter. What he did in office was extraordinary, and he, he paid the price for it. Since the assassination of Kennedy, the deep state has grown by leaps and bounds, and exactly what Eisenhower had warned us of, now very much alive and well, and running rampant around the world to the detriment of humanity and the planet itself. They do so without check oversight, nor having any authority over them. They are working to their own ends and are not functioning in the interests of the country and the taxpayers that fund them to the tune of multi-trillions of dollars that have been illegally siphoned out of the system and down the black hole of the deep state coffers. They are an unlimited powerhouse under themselves with their own agendas all masked under security clearances way above any government official, are elected by no one, and disclose nothing. Nada. We see their dirty work all the time in their geopolitical agendas to dominate and control worldwide. The military-industrial security complex, along with the colluding international banking cartels, are riding roughshod over the entire planet as a rogue civilization. 
They developed advanced technologies that they are withholding from us, even though we paid for them. The recent massive California fires are one example, as I talked about in the last show. The demonstration of a directed energy weapon technology. I should say, the first major demonstration of this technology is what happened to the World Trade Center. Because it wasn't the Twin Towers that only went down, it was the entire complex, buildings one through seven, just like the cities and towns in California. They were turned to dust. So, what else have they been doing? When I come back, I'm going to briefly talk about the Las Vegas shooting, I seriously doubt anyone actually died now. I did think that up until yesterday when I came across some research that opened my eyes. This is Everly Isby. I'll be right back. What are you people? On dope? It's perfect! Shh, 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 shh. Do you hear that? It's the winds of change. This is Everly Isby. And here's a little dot connector and all these false flag events being perpetrated upon us all. It's something to ponder anyway. It's kind of funny. Uh, But between the Harvey meme onslaught of Hurricane Harvey, Harvey Weinstein, and Lee Harvey Oswald, I'm also reminded of Sandy Hook and Hurricane Sandy, which are in their fifth anniversaries this week. In fact, they happened within a few weeks of each other in October of 2012, just like how the Las Vegas event Uh, was followed very rapidly by the California wildfires. (coughs) Wildfires, not. Anyway, so you could say it was a combination of weather wars and false flag events, all with similar name themes. As an aside, something that that kind of freaked me out uh, was, you know, we also had Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Irma happening one right after the other, right? Well, I started to realize that my paternal grandparents' names were Harvey and Irma. Kind of freaked me out. Anyway, but I digress. Uh, But, you know, uh, I take it back. I take it back. I now do not believe that there were any real victims in Las Vegas. It was a staged false flag. I did mention in past shows that an ad was seen on Craigslist in Las Vegas for crisis actors just weeks before the Mandalay Bay Harvest Music Festival event. And there was a lot of video evidence of the work of crisis actors, but I was suckered into thinking that there had been some actual victims. Then I came across an article written by Dr. Jim Fetzer. Uh, A video is also there within this article. Uh, It's a really good video. Uh, done by Carrie Cassidy with Dr. James Fester, Fetzer and a guy named Dr. Steve Collins, I believe that was his name. It's good to check that one out. Um, but Dr. Fetzer has written many books. He is retired now, but he was a university professor and someone who has many accolades as a respected researcher and scholar. Jim did some research into the victims identified as having been killed at the concert venue. He began this research because to him, the official narrative didn't make any sense whatsoever. His research uh, simply began by looking up the obituaries of the named casualties. (laughs) I'll quote the beginning of his article here. He says, 
Those who have been publicly identified as victims of the 1st of October 2017 shooting in Las Vegas, turns out, died. <clears throat> Excuse me. Turns out they died at other times and other locations and of other causes. Some of them do not even exist, but were created through a Photoshop program that produces the illusion of an entirely different person. If this seems initially unbelievable, you, when you finish this article, look back at the photos of the victims and see if you can find the same person in many of the others. Very interesting. At the release of the article, He'd only covered the first 20 names listed out of the 58 claimed deaths. I won't go into them because that would take too long, but the claimed victims were found to have died in various other cities in California, Utah, Alaska, Vermont, and other places. So while to this point, Dr. Fesser only looked into 20 of the 58 named victims so far, it does establish a prima facie case in support of the conclusion that the victims were fabricated and that nobody died at the concert. In fact, as Spetzer put it, the Las Vegas event was not real, but it was a movie, a made-for-television production. So, the Las Vegas fall flag, false flag, like so many others that we've seen around the world, Sometimes there are casualties, and sometimes, like in this case, people don't die. I'll leave it at that. Now, how do we stop all this insanity and chaos and destruction and uh, baloney, you know, uh, misrepresentations of what the real truth is? How do we stop all this? We have a system that is over the top, out of control, and seeks to dominate and control us. The system throughout the world, but especially in the Western countries of the EU, the United States, and the Western-controlled countries around the world, are purely fascist in their underbelly. Simply put, their fascism is promoted through military might, financial tyranny, and a system of privately controlled law enforcement and kangaroo courts that operate to deceive, pillage, and plunder people's assets and property. They treat people as chattel that they feel they literally own through their unlawful legislations, regulations, and codes. That's another technology right there that I will be getting into in more detail. They carry out false flags that paint a picture of chaos and destruction to create fear to those unaware of these tactics so that they will submit to an ever-growing police state. You know, there are many people working at many levels these days and over the years to rein this beast in, and we are beginning to see that it is in a process of disintegration because on its face, it is unsustainable. But if the entire financial, governmental, and legal systems and the corporations are not neutered, and fundamentally changed, we may not have a chance. It's overwhelming, isn't it? But I want to bring this very recent effort to light because it is extraordinary, to say the least. And my friends, it gets to the heart of the belly of the beast. You know, and I've talked about Anna Von Wrights and her team of people who have been working diligently, <clears throat> excuse me, 
on their brilliant and painstaking research over many years. There is an ever-growing number of people, by the way, worldwide that are tuning into her work and their work and educating themselves to participate in achieving remedy to this dire situation. In the last week or so, after a 10-day conference in Alaska, where Anna Von Reitz and her husband, James Clinton Belcher, live, they announced a major breakthrough in their combined research that created an extremely detailed document. I have to, excuse me, <clears throat> got gullah gullah in my throat. But anyway, it's an extremely detailed document that lays out all of the criminality and fraud that is inherent in this runaway system of rape, pillage, and plunder. On the 25th of October of 2017, just five days ago, six days ago, a 227-page UCC-1 bond, and the UCC is the Uniform Commercial Code, which is the granddaddy of all in the realm of commerce and equity around the world. It's how everyone does business, is through the Uniform Commercial Codes, the codes and regulations that everyone must file in the realm of finance. Now this filing is a major lien of the American Bar Association, the International Bar Association, and all of the banksters' patents. These are actually, these patents are actually diagrams, and they patented them for each fraud that they have institutionally perpetuated against us. I can't go into much detail in this show about it, but I still very, I will shortly. Uh, but along with this humongous filing, uh, along with it is a 27-page document called a Declaration of Flag. Uh, it's what is called an addendum to the UCC filing, which is a very detailed also detailed account of what we're dealing with, especially in terms of all of our identities being stolen. That also takes into account trademarks and copyrights and ties it into where the entities are along with the chains of title. This goes along with what I've talked about in past shows regarding the birth certificate fraud. You know, the identity theft of our given names and the accounts that were created in our now all capital letter legal fiction entity that is our names. But it's much bigger than that. Um, I haven't been able to access the UCC filings as of yet. It may take some time for it to be published. But I did read the Declaration of Flag, and I was stunned. It laid it out all in specific detail so as not to be denied. What this does, though, is it puts all these facts into the public record and gives proper notice to authorities worldwide as to what is going on here. This filing, along with the 27-page document, the addendum, is right now being served as I speak, and I can't list it all, but I'll give you an idea. This is being served on all 50 state attorney generals in the United States, all 50 governors, all 50 secretaries of state, the U.S. Attorney General, the U.S. Secretary of State, the military heads, Homeland Security, NOAA, which is the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the U.N., the International Hague, and a total of uh, at least 50 other entities internationally in various countries. Ken Dost, 
Dost, D-O-S-T, Ken Dost, who was a participant at the conference in Alaska and a major player in his research on patents, trademarks, and copyrights, an integral part of uncovering this fraud, said of the service of filing to the world, We didn't shoot an arrow over the bow. We shot a nuclear weapon. This is a holy shit dawning to those in authority that were not aware how deep this criminality goes and that it is all patented. They'll look at this document and shit a brick. They will have to take action. They can't ignore it because it is being served on too many entities worldwide. I'm going to do a follow-up to this news very soon, hopefully in the next couple of days, because this is groundbreaking, and I want to go into heavier detail so that you understand how powerful this really is. It's a major key component to bringing down, <clears throat> bringing down this system, I do believe. If you're interested in looking into it, as I've said many, many times, go to AnnaVonWrites.com. Let me spell that. A-N-N-A-V-O-N-R-E-I-T-Z, AnnaVonWrites.com. There you will find close to up to 800 postings so far by Anna, where she explains what's in the background of all this, the history and everything, so that you can understand how you have been totally disinformed as to the nature of reality. It's very interesting, very interesting stuff. The latest postings, by the way, are at the bottom, uh, so you have to scroll down quite a bit to get down there. The specific posting uh, about this uh, addendum that was submitted along with the UCC filing is called Declaration of Flag that you can download and read. It's in your interest, my friends, to do so. This is Everly Isby. Thanks for listening. This is Connecting the Dots, and this is Renegade Talk Radio. Bye-bye.